Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this fourth and final lesson uh, in Paper Cuts, and I want to just read our theme verse for the series. Every time I read it, it just becomes more alive, and here's how it goes. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. So your Bible is actually living and it's full of power. The Greek word there uh, is where we derive our English word dynamite. So it just means it's explosive power. It goes on and says, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. And what you'll notice here is God's using natural examples. They didn't have guns back in Bible days. Their soldiers had swords. And unfortunately, swords penetrate deep into a body. And so then he's going on and he's saying, the Bible does the same thing, only differently. It goes on and says, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, another natural example. So the Bible goes deep. That's why we call this paper cuts. I remember when I started Believers, we all had paper Bibles. Now my Bible is digital. I'm, I'm always reading on my phone. I, I don't use a paper Bible anymore. And what's really nice is when I, when I do my notes, I can read them later because I'm typing them. So that's really nice. But guys, this is what happens. When you and I hear the word of God, it goes deep inside of us and it changes us. As a matter of fact, it says it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And I like that. The Bible is the only book that reads us while we're reading it. And we found out in lesson three, the Bible changes us. It changes us when we put it inside of us. And we have a really cool lesson today. I'm so excited about this because every week, I prepare during the week. And uh, one of the things I have to do, I'm, I'm not as gifted as some preachers. I preach my message every morning, full, like I'm speaking to a crowd. And I do that every morning and build up uh, to the weekend. And this past week, I had intercessory prayer come on me. That means God's just moving you to pray. And I was praying, and I knew what I was praying for. I was praying for specific people that would hear this, and, 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 and I really believe God has something amazing to do in your life. And I want to open up with a story so you can see what we're going to be dealing with. And there's some of you, this is something God really wants to change your life concerning. And it had to do when I was a younger Christian. I began to have these tormenting thoughts. And they came from the enemy. And I'll show you how I know that in a moment. But I had these tormenting thoughts. And these thoughts would torment me day and night, the whole, whole day. The only time I had peace is when I went to sleep. And they'd be thoughts like, you know, you're a failure. God doesn't love you. You're never going to succeed. Nobody likes you. And thoughts like that. And it was just, it wouldn't go away. So what did I do? I prayed. And I said, God, take these thoughts away, God. I don't like this. It's tormenting me. And nothing happens. So now I'm frustrated. So I go to a mentor, a really cool guy. I'm still friends with him. And, and, I, and I said, hey, would you pray with me? And he said, you know what, I can, and it might help for a day or so, but he said, you're gonna have to deal with this yourself. You have to take authority. And I'm like, what does that mean? I had no idea what it meant. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, and he gave me a book to read, and, and I'll, I'll show you what I learned in that book a little later. But, but listen, every one of us in this room has to deal with thoughts. They could be negative thoughts, fear thoughts, thoughts to sin, do something wrong. And then there's that next level of tormenting thoughts. And, and these are the people 
that I really had prayer for. There's some of you dealing with insecurity, thoughts of insecurity, self-worth, that you're no good. Uh, those of you that are, are, are dealing with thoughts that are connected to addictions, whatever it might be, and I just had prayed my heart out for you. I really believe this lesson is going to change us forever, every, every one of us. And many of you know this, so my goal is just to take all of us to the next level. So Jesus was talking to the religious leaders of his day. These are the religious leaders that rejected him. They didn't believe he was to Christ, and they had a lot of conflicting times together, right? And uh, he said this one particular time. It, it reads like this. John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil. I never want to hear God say that to me. And if you're a Christian, he never will. And, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Listen to this. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's the best liar ever. When we were young, uh, before we met Jesus, I was a really good liar. I mean, really good my brother Mike was professional. So I had six brothers. And here, here's how good Michael was. I would be with him when he did something wrong. And then when my mom and dad interrogated us, Michael could lie so good that I, I actually believed he didn't even do it. That's how good he was. And one day I took him aside and said, can you coach me? And he just looked at me and said, Joe, I'm a natural. He said, you, you cannot learn this stuff. And so I never got to his level. Thankfully, Mike and I are Christians and we don't lie anymore. But as good as Mike was, the devil's even better. He's way better than Mike ever was. And here's something we have to make sure we understand. You know when you were born, God assigned at least two guardian angels to you. Isn't that exciting? We know from scriptures it's at least two. It might be more because one will go up to heaven and, and, and give reports and then one always is on you. And they've watched over us and they've protected us. And that is so awesome. But you know what else happened? And for all the young kids in here, Listen closely, because I don't want you to be afraid in the dark. I don't want adults to be afraid in the dark. But guys, when, when you were born, the enemy also assigned two spirits at least to you. The Bible calls them, Jesus called them familiar spirits. They're not allowed to show up. That's all fiction, so they're not going to show up in your room. And if, I mean, the, the angels just slap them around, so you don't have to worry about that, okay? Your guardian angel. Do not fear them, but here's their job. You ready? They know every weakness you have. They know every insecurity that you have. They've watched you your whole life and they have the ability to put thoughts in your mind. So they will lie to you constantly and you and I have to know that they're really good at it and they're gonna take your weakest area and lie to you so they know what happened to you when you were a kid and what it did to you and why you have your insecurities and they are gonna go at it constantly. We need to understand that about the devil. Now, he's not going to do it, but his team is doing it. But listen to 1 Corinthians 7, 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Verse 5, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Then come together. Why? So Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And what all I want you to see is what I underline. He has the ability to put tempting thoughts in our head. Listen to this next one, 1 Thessalonians 3, 5. At last, when I could not wait any longer, I sent Timothy to find out about your faith. I hope that Satan had not tempted you 
and made all of our work useless. What does he mean? It means they would walk away from Jesus. And notice how he's talking about being tempted. And so you understand what's happening. Paul starts this church. He stays with them a while. And then he goes to start another church. He's no longer there. Then the Roman empire came down on them and they said things and did things like this. If you don't deny Jesus, we're gonna throw you in jail. Then they took their homes from them. If you don't deny Jesus, we're gonna take your house. Can you imagine how awful that would be? Or if, if, if you don't deny Jesus, we're gonna make you uh, fired from your job. And so these Christians are being persecuted. And here's what Paul's worried about, that the enemy's gonna come and lie to them and say, hey, if you just deny Jesus, all this will go away. You can have your job back. You can, you can get your home back and all these things. And he was worried they were gonna deny Jesus, but then sent Timothy and Timothy said, no, these guys are standing strong. They knew how to deal with those temptations. And guys, we haven't had it that bad, you know, but God is so powerful. His grace is so powerful. He can walk us through anything. We can walk through anything. But the devil always comes to tempt us when we're going through bad and hard times. And he does it all the time. But here's another one. This next one is amazing. Sometimes he will use the words of people to tempt us. And these people love us, man, usually. Typically, they love us. Sometimes they're that person that pushes our buttons the wrong way, right? And he'll use people. So when I was a young Christian, I realized I needed to go to Bible school, and I began to tell my family, and I'm telling uh, my church family, my personal family. And two of my brothers came up to me at two different times. They said, Cho, you don't have to go. You can learn this on your own. Get some books. This is before the internet, and there was no you know, internet college. And, and they're telling me not to go. And when they're saying that, the enemy's speaking in my ear saying, yeah, you don't have to go, Joe. Uh, that's just something you think you should do, but you don't have to do it. And then my church family were saying similar things to me, some of the, my church family, and it just triggered me. Now, some of you that I prayed for, there's that person that every time you're in their presence, that insecurity comes up, those feelings come up, and maybe they push your buttons. Maybe they, you know, maybe, maybe it's something they're doing wrong or maybe it's just a personality difference. But here's what I wanna share with you. I wanna show you how to deal with the root so that you can be free. And all of us need to learn this. So Jesus had this happen. Guys, listen to this. Uh, Matthew 16, 21. From, the time, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So they've been hanging out with him for almost three years. And he says, guys, I'm gonna die. And they're like, no, and they're just, he's just opening their eyes up to this truth. And I want, want, want you to see how somebody reacted to it. Listen to the next verse, verse 32. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And so Peter's just like, man, we love you. We don't want to lose you. He doesn't fully see or understand what's going on. And so sometimes close, people close to us, We'll speak things. And then guess what the enemy did? He came and spoke to Jesus. And I'll show you in our last verse what happened here because this was not the first time Jesus was being tempted. But he used somebody close. And listen to how Jesus responded, Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have a mind that concerns God, but merely human concerns. And how many of us would... Like Jesus to say, get thee behind me, Satan, to us. But, you know, he was speaking to two beings. He was speaking to Satan, get thee behind me, because Satan was using the words of Peter to mess with him and open the door up to temptation. 
And then he spoke to Peter saying, Peter, you're just concerned about earthly things. There's a bigger picture, right, in my life and what I have to do. So sometimes it will be people, and some of you need to hear that and know that. So the enemy has the ability to put thoughts in our head. The Bible's pretty clear, and we'll show you some other scriptures as we go on. So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out, understanding more clearly than ever. Listen to this. The Bible in us weaponizes us. When, when you put the Bible in you, and if you weren't with us in lesson three, two weeks ago, guys, if you were not with us, we talked about how God created us to write the word on our hearts. And I showed you how I do it and how others do it by what's called meditation. And it just writes the scriptures inside of us. I actually gave you the 12 top scriptures. So if you go online and you click notes for that lesson three, I didn't read them in scripture, but I gave you all 12. I showed you how I meditate takes you a day to memorize something. And then I showed you how I take that same thing for a couple weeks and I just go over it and it writes it on our hearts. And this is a big deal to me. I can't, it's very important that something doesn't become homework because I don't like homework. And, and so it has to have life in it. And so it does. And the word of God in us changes us, but then it also weaponizes us and it creates these weapons inside of us so I came up with three principles to help us understand this. So here's principle number one, guys. It goes like this. If, if you don't, God can't. That's an important scripture if, or, or statement. If you don't, God can't. And that's like me saying, pray for me and, and asking that man or pray for me. And it's like, God helps us a lot when we're young, but there comes a time where we have to stand on our own two feet. I'll help you understand that. It's really important. But let me share with you what all of us do that have kids, right? I remember when our kids were toddlers, uh, we, we wanted to teach them responsibility. So it began with put your toys back in the toy box, you know? And we just worked with them. And that was tough when they were young. Then fix your bed and keep your room straight. You know, and those little things. Then wash the dishes and, you know, your turn to do dishes. And we just made sure they learned responsibility. And Joe Jr. is the oldest of four children of Gina and I. And so when he had, had gotten his driver's license. He said, Dad, I need a car. And I said, you do. And uh, I said, let me tell you how you can get one. <clears throat> I said, you can get a job. He goes, but Dad, I'm in high school and I'm involved at church. I said, yeah, you can do both. He said, you can do it all. And uh, so he got a part-time job. And I, Gene and I, you, can, you may do it in different ways. There's different ways to teach him responsibility. But we felt it was important. So he had to pay for his car buy a used car, get a cheap lease, 150 a month, whatever you want to do, put the gas in, pay the insurance, the maintenance. And you know what? That was as valuable to them as their college education. And when they came out of college uh, and they get their first jobs, they didn't have to be reparented because they had responsibility. So one way or another, there comes a time when we have to stand on our own two feet. We do it with our kids, right? God does it with us. Listen to Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Who stands up to the enemy when he attacks us? We do. 
And we're just talking about him putting thoughts in our mind in this lesson. Listen to verse 12, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood or people, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is just describing the hierarchy of the enemy's kingdom. I remember as a young Christian, I read a book where somebody told, they explained what every one of these were, and it just gave me a headache. Um, so, so here's what I want to say to you. We have an enemy, and he has all kind of ranks. That's all you need to know. But guys, our enemy is not people. There's always something behind what people are doing. And that's really important for you and I to understand. And even what our nation's going through right now, our enemy is not people. There, there, there's a plan, guys, that's bigger than that. And, and I'm not taking sides. I'm just telling you, sometimes we get so worked up over everything, whether it's COVID and you can't go out or whatever it is, guys, and, and we allow it to get inside of us. And you know what? We have to understand there's an enemy behind everything we see and and we can pray, and that's our most powerful weapon, guys. It's so powerful. And then listen to what he goes on to say. He says this in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, that's when you're attacked, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand that ground is what he's saying. So who is it that's standing the ground? You and I. Uh, we have, we'll talk about putting it in us in a moment, but let me share a couple more scriptures with you. Listen to James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee to you, or flee from you. Guys, resist means, paints a picture in the Greek language of a soldier having a sword and just beating the enemy away from him, right? Who's gonna do that? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I had to learn that that I am capable because the Bible in us weaponizes us. And I had weapons and I didn't even know how to use them as a young Christian, but I had to learn how to use those weapons. And so we resist, he flees. Here's another cool one, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So if you're not a Christian, he can devour you anytime he wants. And, and if you are a Christian and you don't understand who you are in Christ, the grace of God, and that you have a weapon you can release to make him flee, he'll devour you. What does that mean? He'll consume you with fear, with anger, with, with insecurity, you name it. He will catch you up in it all. So the Bible says we can make him flee. And listen, how? Verse 8, but alert. Be alert and sober-minded, or excuse me, verse nine, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So again, same word, resist. And you know what he's talking about there? They're going through the same persecution as the church in Thessalonica. And he's saying, hey, Christians are gonna have storms in their life. And whenever there's a storm, guess who comes? The enemy comes with some lies to try to get you to back off or to do something you're, you don't need to do. And he works on what's going on in our life. And guess what else? All of us have things from our childhood that messed us up and uh, parents that messed us up. And we always tell our kids, you know, if, if you need counseling from how we raised you, uh, we'll pay for it, all right? Because... Um, you know, you're practicing, right? I don't know. I mean, I read a lot of books, but I still was practicing. And we did pretty good. The main thing, we just said, we're going to love them, right? So we, we got that right. We're going to love them. But man, I was different with our fourth child than I was with our, our first. And isn't that true with all of us? We learn as we go. And that's important for us to understand, guys. But 
all those insecurities you deal with, everything you're dealing with, man, the enemy's going to try to play on that. And I want to encourage you to resist those thoughts. He always brings temptation in the midst of trouble and trials. That's our first principle. Here's the second one. If you did, you can. But if you didn't, you can't, right? And I want to help you understand this. Two stories. The first one is a story we grew up on as little kids, the three little piggies, right? And one, one piggy built his house of straw, the other sticks, and the other bricks. And so the big bad roof came to the one that built his house of straw, and he huffed and he puffed and he blew his house down. So that little piggy ran, oh no, oh no, and he ran to his brother's house of sticks, and then they got in there, and then the big bad wolf huffed and puffed and blew that down, and they're like, and they're running to the brother that built his house with bricks, right? And then he huffed and puffed, and he couldn't blow that house down. Now, there's a moral to that wonderful little kid's story. Uh, let me ask you a question. Did the pig that built his house of bricks, did that take longer? Did it cost more? Did he put a little more time in it? And so, guys, when we do this simple thing of meditating on the word of God and put it inside of us, it's like building our house of bricks and the big bad devil comes and he huffs and he puffs and he lies and he can't blow our lives down. That's important for us to understand. Or how about the Sermon on the Mount? Chapters Matthew 5, 6, and 7 at the end, Jesus said, uh, who's a wise man? It's the man that hears these sayings of mine and puts them into practice. Then he says this. He says he's like a man that builds his house on a rock, and then the storms come, and that house is standing, right? That's how we want to be, and that's what happens when we place those incredible who you are in Christ and all those other scriptures in our hearts so we know what they are. And then he said, the foolish man is the man that hears this, doesn't put these things into practice, and he's like a man that builds his house on the sand, no foundation. The storms come, and they knock it over. So if we did, we can we can. And I want to go back to the scriptures we read, but highlight a part I let go. And here's the first one, guys. It reads this, Ephesians 6, 10, 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Listen to this. Put on the full armor of God. Who puts it on, guys? Does God put it on? No. We do by the grace of God. He'll give you grace. You just write scripture on your heart. That's how you put your armor on, write scripture on your heart. Depending on what scripture it is, it will make different pieces of armor for you. He goes on and says, why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes or attacks. Listen to verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Who does it? We do. So that when the day of evil comes, that's that attack day, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. And I, I tell you what, I love, I love this because he's telling us you'll weaponize yourself when you put the Bible in us. Bible in us weaponizes us. And guys, it's not hard. I want to make sure I keep saying it. It's not homework. It's real easy. You don't have to memorize. You don't have to know the chapter and verse. You just need to know what the Bible teaches you, who you are in Christ. You have authority over the enemy, and you can deal with him. And I love what he goes on to say in Ephesians six seventeen. Take the helmet of salvation and the word of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You have two major weapons to deal with the enemy. One's called the shield, and it quenches all the fiery darts. And the other is called the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And the word word there is the Greek word rhema, which means the spoken word of God. And so both the shield and the sword, guess how they come out of us? Just speaking, just speaking. And all we have to do is release that 
And it is a weapon like you can't believe. And that's what I had to learn as a young Christian. I was wanting God to do that for me. And he said, no, he goes, you're well capable. I've given you the grace to do it. You just need to speak to things and deal with them. Uh, you need to deal with the devil. Just like my kids, you know, you guys gotta go get a job and work a little bit and buy those cars, right? So here's the third principle. Jesus did, so you can. He taught us how to use the sword. And this next verse is so amazing, it's gonna help all of us. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest, that's Jesus, who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses. Isn't it nice to know God has empathy towards us? That means he's not judging you, he's not disgusted with you. He's looking at you and saying, man, I understand, and I wanna help you. I wanna open up your spiritual eyes. I like, I like Jesus. I like the fact he's like that because I, I need a lot of empathy in my life, you know, because I'm not perfect. And it goes on to say, he emphasizes with our weaknesses, uh, but we have one who has been tempted or test those, those thoughts in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So I want you to think about this. Jesus is the son of God. He always existed. But he came into a human body, guys. And until he was 30, he wasn't in the ministry. He worked at his uh, stepfather's business, you know, and, and he had a job and he was raised by parents and they made him clean his room and they told him you gotta get a job to buy a donkey and all that stuff, guys. And, and I want you to think about it. His, his stepfather died when he was young. So he's a young man. He's raised by a single mom. He's going through every temptation. He had to go to school. There were bullies there that probably picked on him. He's the son of God, but he's in a human body. So he has all these thoughts coming at him and he had to deal with those thoughts. When he was in grade school, very possible, you know, he's, he's now, uh, element or uh, junior high. He had a thought hit him. Boy, she's a pretty girl, you know. All that came. Guys, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to take it. He was tempted and tested in every way we were, but he resisted it, and he's a model for us. So I want to show you how he did it. I mean, obviously, he's the Word of God, and he had the Bible memorized, you know. He memorized scriptures as a young man, and he had a lot more in him than, than I'll ever have in me, but it only takes a little. So let me show you Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became hungry. So this is the thoughts. Only the devil delivered them personally for Jesus. We have these little imps that try to get them into our mind. And here's what had to happen here, guys. Jesus, no matter what, he's in a human body, but he's still the son of God. He always existed, right? He's God. And so God led him into the wilderness and had him weaken his body to the weakest point. Think, think about 40 days, guys, no food. That's crazy. My longest fast is 12 days, and uh, it was 11, and then last summer I went 10, just no food, only water. And right around that 12th day, everything went wrong. I'm drinking electrolytes the whole time through, and my body just starts shaking, and it's like, that's it. I went and had two bananas, and then I ate the next day. Jesus went 40 days, and I was so weak at that time, once that drops, so Jesus is at his weakest point, and then the enemy comes to tempt him. You know why? He had to pass the test that Adam and Eve failed in order to be worthy to sacrifice that human body for us. And so he was weakened at the highest level. The enemy brought three tests. We're gonna read just the third one. That's all we need. And listen to Matthew 4 and verse 8. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and I will give it all to you. He said, listen to this. If you will kneel down 
and worship me. This is a shortcut. You don't have to go to the cross. This is what happened when Peter said, Jesus, don't go. That's why he said, get behind me, Satan. This happened first, and now Peter says, don't go, and the devil says, oh, there's an open door, right? And Peter's innocent. He just want, doesn't want Jesus to leave. And, 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 and the devil comes back with thoughts. He says, I told you, if you bow down and you worship me, you don't have to go to the cross. And that's why Jesus had to say, get out of here. Why? Because even though he's the son of God, he's still in a human body, guys. And human bodies are weak and they can be tempted. So he had to deal with that temptation. And I think this is amazing, guys. You know, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, the devil took over the authority of mankind. He, he controlled that authority. And some people will say, no, no, that never happened. God owns the cattle on a thousand years. The earth is the Lord. It still is, but Adam and Eve gave him that authority. And if you disagree with that, you have to answer one question. You're, I love giving people questions. If that's not true, how was this a temptation? If, if, if that's not true, this is not a temptation, but it is a temptation. And the devil said, if you just worship me, I'll give you authority over mankind. And, and of course, Jesus knows that's a shortcut he does not want to take. But guess what? It had to tempt him. And then Peter spoke again, and then the devil came right back in. I just want to show you how he dealt with it, because we need to deal with every temptation we have the same way. And, and listen to what verse 10 says. He said, get out of here, Satan. Remember he said when Peter spoke to get behind me, Satan? It's the same every time. And he goes on to say, Jesus told him, for the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's the sword of the Spirit. That's how simple it is. I want to point something out. Did he, did he quote the chapter and verse? No, you don't have to know the chapter and verse. You just have to know the principles that you know from the Bible. And you'll pick a lot of them up just being in church, you know, and listening. But man, if you meditate a little bit and put them in there strong, your sword will be bigger and buffier and do a little more damage, right? But notice how he just used the word of God and bang, that thing left. When, when that man told me you need to take authority, I tried that. And it didn't work at first because I didn't have enough scripture base. But man, once I got that scripture base, then I realized I don't have to be tormented anymore. There's some of you, this is a change that you've been waiting for. You can say no to those thoughts. You're probably gonna be able to hang out with some people you haven't been able to hang out with because now you're gonna realize that's not flesh and blood. I'm gonna deal with this thing behind the thing and then you're gonna be able to deal with it. And then notice what happens. This is really important, verse 11. Then the devil went away, he fled. Resist the devil and he will flee. How did he flee? Jesus spoke the scriptures to him. And it goes on to say, and angels came and took care of Jesus. I like that too. Now you might say, angels never came and ministered to me when, when I resisted the enemy. Well, he angels will come if, if two things happen. You have to fast 40 days and the devil has to appear to you personally. <laughs> and I don't want either one. I don't know about you. But you know, you know what's true, guys? that the Spirit of God always ministers to us when we just resist those temptations. And by the grace of God, you can resist. And all you need is to build that sword up a little. And then when those thoughts come and they're telling you all these lies about yourself, you can speak to them. When the thoughts come and tempt you to do something you know wouldn't please God, you can speak to them. I don't know about you, uh, I love being back in person because I couldn't do this for two and a half months. But over in Borman, TCI and Warren, can we give it up and thank God that he's given us authority over the enemy? Can we do that, guys? Just thank him. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. 
And, and I'm so thankful for some of you, you'll never be the same because I know I prayed my heart out for you and I know God is doing some work and he'll do some work this week. Hey, in Borman, TCI, online, here in Warren, can we just bow our heads and pray? Father, we thank you for this incredible truth and here's what we ask. We ask you open up our eyes to who we are in Christ, what you've done through Christ, the finished work of Calvary. Open up our eyes to the fact we have authority. And Lord, cause this truth to just explode in us as we go through this week. And Lord, I know there's a few, they may need some, some, some counseling just to work through some of the scars in their life. And I just thank you for directing them to somebody biblical that can help them and, and help them see how free they are in Christ. And Lord, we thank you for working miracles in all of our lives. And we thank you that you've given us weapons and we have authority over our enemy. We thank you for it, Father. And guys, I just want you to stay in a state of prayer. Maybe you're listening right now and you're not sure of your eternity because in, until, until you have a change in your heart, you can never have a sword to use, right? So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, online, in our, in our campuses, listen very carefully. Right now, I'm not asking you if you know who Jesus is because almost everyone in America knows who he is through Easter, Christmas, and that's good. But here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it personal and you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and you gave your heart to him and you made him Lord? Can you remember that day? That has to come in all of our lives. I did that at 19 and it was an amazing day. My dad did it at about 40, amazing day in his life. And it allowed him to go to heaven when he passed. And I just want you to listen up, listen up. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you uh, if you were water baptized as a baby and adult. I'm just asking you, hey, can you remember a day when you made it personal? And if you're listening, you say, I can't, but I'm ready right now. I, I want you to do that. And I'm gonna ask you to pray with us. And all of us in Borman, TCI, Warren, can we help them pray? And those of you that are online, pray this from your heart. So let's, let's help them. Let's say this. And if you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm sin-stained and I need a savior. And this day, I look to the answer. Jesus, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. God raised you up from the grave. I accept you as my savior. And I call you Lord. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. Think about this. God washed all your sins away. I mean, he did that at Calvary, but now it's happened in your life. You are blameless and holy in his sight. You can never do anything to become holy and blameless. It happens when you accept Jesus. Your sins past, present, and future are forgiven and washed clean. That's pretty exciting to know God's created you and made you new on the inside. And you may not have felt anything, but it happened. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc 
or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.